What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your true hill phenom SP3 back on Fightful Overbooked. It's been too long. It's been 15 minutes, but yes, we are back again at Degrassi Community School for another edition of Degrassi Dudes. Here is the Spinner Mason to my Jimmy Brooks, Steven Jensen. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Just getting my day kind of started. I was telling you off stream, my uh, just dealing with a little bit of a, a little ceiling issue still, unfortunately, that the last like three podcasts I've done, people have had to hear me talk about and it still isn't fixed yet. So that's kind of a pain in the ass. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, outside of that, it's all good. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Got uh, I watched South Park last night, by the way. Um, we'll talk about I, that. And I and I and I missed it. I actually oh, missed okay. it. I did, I wasn't able to 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 catch it because Jeremy even wanted to talk about it. But I've been busy with the uh the kids because we're not at our our regular place. We're at uh one of uh, my wife's uh, relatives' house. So I've been dealing with not only my kids but some relative kids at the same time. So the evenings are a mishmash. I was lucky enough that I was able to watch dynamite this week when i was but everything else i've kind of had to watch on like tape delay so i'm behind on south park uh i was behind for a while on bel-air until i just watched it before i did fmc and yeah i'm behind on a bunch of my shows this week i apologize oh no it's all good yeah yeah this is the first time all season that i've i've seen the south park before you have um but yeah no i i i was like laughing hard like i watched it like at probably two in the morning last night and like you know the place is dead quiet and i me and my neighbors like we could never hear each other like the walls were thick enough that like we we never hear each other but every now and then when it's like in the middle of the night and i laugh as hard as i was laughing last night i feel like they've got to be able to hear me like but <clears throat> but yeah no, I, I thought it was really funny and then uh um there was something else i also I'll get into another thing that I watched here in a second, but there was a, there was a reason I was bringing that up and I can't remember what it was, but, uh, what, what did Jer- I ask you? 
what Jeremy told me, this was like the most wholesome episode in a while for for (laughs) South Park. And it felt like it was kind of like back to basics where it wasn't about like a a general topic. It's about the the main, the core four kind of going on an adventure, which is where a lot of people became fans of South Park to begin with. Yeah. I mean, see that, and that's honestly, that's the biggest. It's just like the biggest double-edged sword with South Park in general nowadays is and it's been like this for years. But yeah. when you watch the episodes, at least the way that I watch them, I'm always constantly trying to put together what the actual message is that they're trying to say. Like, because there's just so much. A lot of the, you know, you know, a lot of the time those have episodes that look like just like a random episode, but like in reality, they're actually talking about like some like deep social issue or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and. I don't know if this episode was doing that or not. I was trying to like put together exactly what it was. There was a couple of things that I felt like maybe it could have been kind of alluding to and stuff. But regardless, like even if there was no deeper meaning in this past episode, it was just funny to watch. Like, so I, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that. Um, and then, oh yeah, also I was going to say this weekend, I'm going to, uh, to GCW tomorrow. So that's, nice. so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, Gresham and uh and Christian, right? For the ROH world title, I think is one of the matches. Are they doing that at the show finally? I honestly uh, yeah, haven't I think paid it, much the, attention. The one that uh, was supposed to go on at World on, on GCW, yeah, is gonna be in Atlanta. So uh Gresham's gonna have that home hometown advantage against uh Christian. So it should be a really great match. And you know, you know, we don't usually talk wrestling here, but my lord, I haven't talked about it like on any of the shows I've done, but Christian versus Bailey from that that GCW show oh, in yeah. Cali. Oh my god, I I had I got I got retweeted by both of those guys because I was like, this was like a G one climax match in a GCW ring. Like they were going hard out, hard work. Their work rate was very high for nearly thirty minutes. That was great. Yeah, I know that, that match ruled. Yeah, both of those guys. The thing with Blake Christian is like once he finds that one little thing he's missing, there's like something he's missing, like charisma-wise or something. Yeah. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but like in the ring, he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's like one like character tweak away from like really real. I mean, I know he was in the WWE for like six months or whatever, but like for like really blow up in like the wrestling world he's like right there and mike bailey is like there already i think like he is he's like he could be anywhere and he'd be he'd be fine um yeah like both of them are are, i'd say like equally as good in the ring like they're they're just different but there's but bailey does have whatever that uh, extra thing is like he comes he's had a lot of charisma on top of like um and i like his style where he's out there throwing all like the crazy kicks and and all that stuff, but he was like, "Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of both guys." And then also, Mike Bailey and Ninja Mac had a match not too long yeah. after that one. That was I think that nuts. that was the yeah. night before, actually. I think that was uh, probably the first yeah. night <laughs> in Cali, yeah. and they did the because because I, I remember because um I saw like clips of it, and then when Ninja Mac came out on the second show, they were talking about how someone made it into like a Mortal Kombat type thing because they were fighting on the ledge thing, and yes. Ninja Mac fell off of it and stuff. So yeah, that. That was a very cool matchup as well. Hell yeah. And then the, uh, oh yeah, I, I've got, I know I've got like Alley Catch and uh, Jordan Grace is tomorrow, which I think uh, like that's that's like a dream match for me as well. There's a lot of good ones. Um, but 
also on TV, I watched the uh, I watched the Tiger King or the uh, the the Carol versus Joe. How is it? I, I I'm gonna watch that with the wife over the weekend. Okay, so <clears throat> I have I have mixed feelings on it. Overall, I was entertained. Like I would recommend watching it to somebody who's watched the documentary, or even if you yeah. haven't, if you haven't watched the documentary, you're just not gonna think that this is these are like real people or a real story, <laughs> like. Like, which I, I kind of, I, I'd like to talk to somebody who hasn't seen the documentary yeah. that, that saw this and be like, and then see the reaction when they watch the documentary afterwards. Um, but yeah, I, the, there was a couple, a couple things that came off just a little strange to me and it. Like, and this doesn't spoil anything. They, they, from the start they um they heavily frame it to where like carol's the good guy joe is the bad guy like mm-hmm. carol whether or not that's true i don't know but i know that there are people have varying opinions of everyone involved in this like carol um carol has has unlikable qualities about her as well oh, most of them. right but like they really made her out to be this like smart witty fun kind of charming like outgoing kind of like it was just like I don't know. It just didn't really match up exactly how she actually seemed in the documentary. Like the, the actress does a really good job playing her, like the way that she talks and the way that she walks, kind of like with a hunch and stuff. Like she does a really good job of like playing her. But it's like the uh, there was just something that was a little bit off about like how they presented her as just. But but her husband, that old dude who like is like a total simp. Yeah, that guy. They did a great job. Like making him look just like a just her puppet, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and then Joe, it's 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 just one of those things where like it's really hard to explain. It 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 it, it, it seems based, like it's going. It's it's a more Carol skewed view of the story. It it is, but you also get a lot. I mean, you get a lot of Joe as well, and like these other like. It's kind of they they try to go into the backstories more of like what made Carol Carol and made Joe Joe. So you see okay. Joe's like transformation to like like realize or I guess like I guess kind of realizing he's into guys like when he was, and then like the kind of crazy like methods he would use to like I don't trick isn't the right word, but like he he would get these guys like Travis and John, the guys he eventually married. They he would get them so dependent on on him that he was literally getting straight men to marry him. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, and, yeah. And he, I mean that that's kind of was the story. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I mean, like you see more of that process on this. Yeah, like like how he was like really getting them dependent on him and stuff like that. Um, manipulate. That's a good word. Yes, thank rather. you, Powder. Um, and it's it's just it you you see, but there's also these other things. It's just I don't. It, it's one of those things where like it it does a it does a good job, of, especially if you've never seen the documentary of like telling kind of this story of the documentary. But there's obviously added stuff to make it like more entertaining because like there's no way you could actually know all these conversations that people were having with one another and stuff and like what 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 these conversations would have actually sounded like and yeah but but anyway it, it was it was definitely worth watching and one I'm of the, definitely watching it <laughs> one of the most one of the most entertaining things to me honestly was watching um 
because like pr- like pretty much everyone you expect to be a part of this is a part of it. So like, you know, once you would notice like, oh, this is like, like, uh, like Jeff Lowe, like it's like you've, yeah. you just like in the documentary, it's like a few episodes in, you kind of forget about him, and then he shows up kind of deeper into the thing, just like he did in the documentary, and you're like, oh shit, that's right, Jeff Lowe, like he's gonna, <laughs> you know, let's see how much he looks like this guy and the, and his wife and all this. So like they have all these characters that they they made try to you know look like these people and act like these people, and it uh, like the fat redhead dude on like the jet ski in the documentary, like yeah. Like you'll laugh so hard when you see like how they make this guy in the documentary, like like some, some but it's it's so anyway, it's yeah, that's that's really all I can say without starting to give stuff away. But it's one of the, it's it's a thing that I think is it it closely it's almost like a a documentary in itself or like a biography, but like I feel like it's like seventy percent or so accurate like i feel like there's there's elements to it that like peacock did to like make it kind of their it's, narrative and their little more either is either joe or carol well i want more uh carol because sure. joe can't uh is there involved as my like executive producer or something like that because that would make sense about, yeah i i honestly like, didn't look that way I, if I honestly didn't look, but if if anyone is, it would have to be it would have to be Carol, Carol. or like yeah, the people yeah. on her team. Um, now they did. Now there's you know they do go into you know everyone thinking that she murdered her husband and stuff like that. Um, Don, but once again, what this isn't spoiling anything, but they really really frame it as like there's absolutely no way she could have done it, and everyone was crazy to even think that she could have. But like in the documentary, like it leaves a lot of questions like she might have done this you know what i mean like she probably didn't but she might have in the doc in this other thing it's like no like there's no way she did it kind of stuff and it's like okay like there's scenes in this where she's like trying to heal like sick cats and like but joe's you know just this she doesn't care about anything it's all about him you know it's like but it's it's I don't know. They, they, there are. It isn't like one billion percent skewed to one side. Like there are, there are moments where you do feel sympathetic for Joe, but they're just like completely overtaken by all the crazy manipulative shit he he does. Like that, that's the stuff that you're really left with. And you know, but anyways, it's I, like I said, I think it's definitely worth watching if you're a fan of the documentary. And if you didn't see the documentary, anyone listening to this. I would I would actually challenge you to watch the Peacock show first and then go back and watch the documentary after because I'd I'd like to talk to somebody who has that perspective on this. I actually that would be very interesting if we can get somebody to talk about that. But I like I like you gave me kind of the overview. How many episodes did they release on Peacock? Is I think it, it was I know it was like eight one hour episodes. Oh, yeah, so they, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think me and wifey did look at like, uh, we did look at it to see like how many episodes they released. And then we did see they pretty much have that's their first season, pretty much, right? Um, yeah, yeah, 
pretty much. So, so I like I like that. I like when they, you know, I, I do understand why some uh, streaming apps do like the weekly releases because it keeps you talking about the shows. But I always do enjoy the ones that just allow you to just binge watch it, like yeah. the Netflix, the Netflix series where I, I kind of finished those in like a day or so. <laughs> like Cobra Kai when it came out, I finished that in like a day. But uh, yeah, I, I like those where you can kind of binge watch and everything. But maybe we'll we'll talk more about Joe versus Carol after i watch it i love the comment by uh hip-hop hippo uh i'm still not totally clear why one of my favorite wrestling youtube channels uh runs this deep dive into an old show like this but i love that you're such nerds about it i'll give it a watch thank you so much for that comment yes yes well fightful overbooked is 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 the espn2 to fightful so it gives you a little bit of the espn but a little bit of other stuff like you on espn ESPN, you would never see bowling. You would never see, yeah. you would only see that on ESPN too. You would never see billiards on ESPN. You would only see it on ESPN too. And Friday mornings is kind of that. You get FMC with me and Jeremy talking about NBA, talking about Entourage, and even dad therapy that we did this morning to start off the show. And then you get me and Jensen talking about TV, movies, and then Degrassi deep dive like we're going to do today as we talk about Sean and Emma. Bam, don't worry. Don't worry. We, we, yes, we <sighs> talked about Joe the Tiger, Tiger guy, yeah. but we are here to talk about Sean and Emma. So he, he said this first, he said the couple that should have been, and he just to clarify, he's like, Sean and Emma, not, not, not the Joe Exotic. Um, just wanted to make that clear. So yeah, that, yes, we, we got you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, bored dude. I'm so lost. I never bothered with all the Tiger King related stuff. Yeah, Jensen, Jensen giving you a taste of what, what you can expect what you can expect from it. So if you want to give it a try, it's a new show that's out there. Peacock, man, I, I've been watching uh, Bel Air and I'm going to keep telling you, Jerry, uh, Jer Jensen, you need uh -huh. to get on some Bel Air. Bel Air is my, is my show that I, I even got wifey into surprisingly. And I don't usually get her into a lot of the shows, but Peacock is got, got two shows now that might get people's interest besides being, you know, WWE fans and getting it that way. Well, that one is one where they're they're releasing weekly, right? Bel-Air? Yes. So yes. I'll probably wait until give me a heads up when all the episodes are like the season's done. And yeah. then yeah, they're up to episode seven now. So yeah. Okay. I'll probably that, that's one I, I I like doing what we were just saying, where like I like when I can just something's over or it all just gets released at once, and then if I like it, I just binge it. Like um but uh but yeah thanks for everyone who's in the chat right now um good to see everyone today yeah we got some of our our usuals already in the chat so i know they're ready to hear about summer so let's get into it so uh jensen last week we talked about eclair and i got a lot of love i even uh i even told you i talked to uh one of my favorite degrassi creators now on youtube not a vampire check her stuff out she gives she does really insightful stuff about um degrassi and how the characters work she has a great series that uh about some of the the characters that um came out of the closet and why their previous relationships with the opposite sex were clear signs that they were gay all along love 
love her stuff. Not a vampire. We're definitely uh, been in talks with her to get her on the show. And she even did a series about, you know, Eclair, how, why they're so hated, why people think their their relationship is toxic and what why their relationship is one of the best in Degrassi and she even said she really enjoyed how we kind of just chill talked about the relationship talked about our thoughts on it and uh and now we're gonna do the same for the OG couple uh like I said Eclair in a lot of ways was Sema 2.0 so it's time to talk about Sean and Emma. And I see Bam. Yeah, I, I, I've been seeing it too, Bam. Uh, HBO Max has been doing commercials for Degrassi the Next Generation. I wonder when it leads to be. Yes, this is interesting question. Interesting question indeed. Yeah, we got really spoiled the last couple of years where like it was on Tubi for free. It was on Pluto TV for free. It was on YouTube for free. It was on I am or not a, on a Amazon for free. Yeah. Um, but the, the upside here is with the reboot going to HBO Max, they might be able to drum up a bunch of hype especially because like all these people are into euphoria now too so like yeah you i think you can like pitch degrassi as like the original euphoria kind of to people who haven't seen it and try to get all these people into degrassi the next generation leading up into the reboot on hbo max so hopefully hopefully it helps like get you know a lot of buzz and interest for it and stuff which in turn will probably help our podcast because people will be interested in degrassi which will be really That'll be interesting to see how many new Degrassi fans are made now, like because of this HBO Max Max stuff and the reboot. And also, um, who said it earlier? Um, who's who? Who in our chat said that they were going to actually? Okay, here, good to watch. So, hip hop hippo, you are not alone. We have actually. Uh, I know JJ is one of them. There, there's yeah. been a few people that like have heard us talking about this show that weren't into it and now are like deep into the series. So um, just go into it knowing there's, I mean, I don't even know how many episodes of the next generation there are. I mean, hundreds. I think it's like um, 350 something episodes between 14 seasons. Like this is, yeah. this is like for anyone who is new to Degrassi, the next generation. And we are the guys that are kind of introducing to you. If you want to talk about a binge watch that is going to take a commitment, it's Degrassi, the next generation, because you have 14 seasons to get through. And some of these seasons are 20 episodes deep. Some of these seasons are 30 episodes deep. Some of these later seasons are like 40 episodes deep. So you have a lot to watch. And like JJ, I have to hand it to you. Like he started watching kind of along the lines of when we started uh, doing this podcast and he's already up to like season six, season seven. So I give JJ a bunch of credit. And I, I love the fact that he's keep, he's letting us know even in the comments on this stream. So if you're watching us on demand, let us know in the comments below. Um, either if you have just started watching Degrassi and where you are, or if you did watch Degrassi and where you stopped, 
And so, so you can kind of go along with it and then maybe we can get a gauge of like what seasons we need to talk about more. Cause I know with like Jensen, he's still catching up with some of like the later seasons, like 12, 13, 14. So, you know, when it comes to that type of stuff, like when we did our character analysis and couple analysis, I was the one that kind of was the gauge on these different couples, the latter season couples. But I want to hear from you guys that watch us and join us in the live chat or watch Watching us on demand let us know in the comments or in the live chat where are you in your degrassi fandom like what season did you stop watching what season are you up to kind of let us know so we can kind of gauge where our audience is at yes good call for sure now sema let's get into this because they this is probably the i i think we both agree and a lot of people that watch this would agree like this is probably the outside of like maybe liberty and jt but that's different because jt was stabbed but yes. like this was probably like the couple that should have wound up together that didn't yes because jt like you said jt and liberty they have the excuse and i i've said it before i've said it again i think i've said it on here and on social media jt and liberty are the romeo and juliet of of uh degrassi it was never going to work out in the end and different things going on you know the chase to it and then everything that transpired with the degrassi lakehurst rivalry like it was never going to work out but they are the romeo and juliet so they're always going to be fondly remembered by the fans but as far as like the couple that a lot of people believed should have been together and especially for how one of the characters winds up marrying someone that was completely left field and you know what we're talking about spema yeah. spema yeah. yes the spema saga we, we have ranted about that plenty of times on this show jay uh sean and emma just they are the original couple that people like really connected to. They are introduced in the first season. They go on their first date in the first season. You got to see them kind of uh, get gain their connection before they're even their first date. Then you're like rooting for them. And then the season one ends and they're on the outs with each other. Then it's a whole build up to them getting back together in season two. Then season three, they immediately just F all that up again. <laughs> And then it's like season, and then they're kind of like separate for a while after their drama of their breakup happens, and then they get back together. And it's just like we always were rooting for Sean and Emma, but they never gave us the kind of the conclusion that we were all looking for. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, it was like Sean was all was like the kid from like the like the underprivileged kind of family situation where like his family lived in Wasega beach and he had been getting in trouble and he had gone to Degrassi before this and he was held back. So basically like when you meet Sean, you already know like, okay, well pretty early on, like, you know, within the first few times you see him, it's pretty well established. Like he lives with his brother, his brother, is like barely making ends meet for like himself. So, but like, he's also trying to take care of Sean and Sean's parents aren't in the picture. And, uh, and Sean just like, he's kind of a rough kid. Like he just, you know, he has to act tough because like, but he's actually dealing with a lot of stuff, like kind of like personally. Yeah. Um, but he's also like not afraid to fight people. And like, he, he does get mixed up with like the wrong crowd and stuff. And Emma is like, 
trying the whole time to like just kind of like almost kind of just like help him like yeah you know, like anytime like even even when he starts dating her early on and her family invites him to dinner and he's getting like ultra offended because they want to give him the leftovers like so he can take them home and like for me like that's like a huge compliment because like yeah. i love when people do that for me you know what i mean i'm like hell yeah like yes. thank y'all i'm gonna eat this tomorrow like i don't worry about getting i don't have to worry about buying food for myself tomorrow like this is great. <laughs> um, you know like I, I love that kind of stuff um but like i could understand you know where he's coming from but like that wasn't what their family was saying to him like they were literally just trying to be polite and and he took it as like offensive and stuff like that but then on the flip side when emma was going through a lot of her stuff what it, whether it be her you know trying to spread the word about like genetically modified food at school or any of the kind of like feminist or activist type activism type issues and stuff that she was a part of. And, and she would always like have her back when, even when her own, when his own brother wouldn't have, would be yeah. kind of against what she was saying. He was, you know, trying to you know help her and her, you know, when she goes through the bulimia and, and the stuff with Jay and, and whatnot, like there, there was, there's a lot of, a lot of Sean trying to help Emma as well, but it's like, I think that, but it was, they, they worked so well because like at the end of the day, they were both really just trying to help each other and really, really liked each other. And they just, that's why it was so upsetting that they didn't wind up together and that Spinner and Emma wound up together because that came out of the complete blue and it happened within the span of like two episodes, like one movie basically. Yeah. And you had literally like a decade of the story of, Sean and Emma awkwardly meeting each other, you know, basically in middle school through, you know, becoming adults and everything in between, which we're going to get to here. But like, yeah, that, that's, that's just kind of a little background, I guess, maybe for anybody who needed a refresher or, or is new to this, like they, they really were like probably the most, they were one of the most focused on couples for the entirety of like a decade and also, um, like they, they were, they were, I don't know, just, just, yeah, like we were saying, it's just, it was very strange. They didn't just like have them wind up together. Like it was the classic story of the good girl meets the bad boy. And right. they, they are the kind of the perfect balance for each other. And I think that's why a lot of fans like love that couple. Uh, shout out to Avery, who's sneaking in uh, oh, yeah. some grassy dudes before the boss walks in for a teacher review. You rock for that. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. So let's get into it. Um, <laughs> So season one is when they meet. Uh, they they have like uh, she develops the crush on him in the season one episode, which is Eye of the Beholder, which I believe is like the third episode. Um, she has a hot she it says here uh, Emma has her eye on Sean, the cute yet seemingly troubled kid who has just transferred back to Degrassi. Emma notices Sean eating by himself at lunch. Later, Emma notices Sean in class. Later that night, uh, Emma attends the school dance alone. Emma is waiting in line to pay when she notices Sean puts uh, put his money on the table and enters the school dance because he's a gangster. Um, yeah, he cuts the line <laughs> completely and just, yeah, yeah, badass. And this is after her first introduction is to him. You want to say the infamous first uh, line of Sean uh, Jensen? Yeah, basically, he shows up to school, 
he's been left back a grade or held back a grade, you know, and, and his, and Mr. Simpson snake is introducing him to the class. And he's like, all right, this is Sean Cameron. Y'all might remember him from last year. He was, you know, he was in the grade above you. And uh, Sean, you want to let everyone know kind of a little bit about yourself. And he just goes, Nope. And just <laughs> walks to his walks right next and just goes and sits down next to Emma. And for some reason, Emma's immediately like, get to know this guy. So, <laughs> she was like, yeah. she was like so drawn by that no um that she had to she basically at the school dance, she notices that Sean is standing alone at the dance before Sean uh seemingly is about to get into a fight with Jimmy, who's saying a lot of like slick remarks to Sean throughout the day before all of this. Emma sees that well, Mr. What I was okay. saying, he's he's the, the issue there is like they were friends and they're making fun of him for getting held back a grade. Now they're now he's in the grade below them, and that's why like Jimmy is like basically giving him shit the whole time. Yeah, basically, and this this is kind of foreshadowing a lot to what happens yeah. at the end of the season. But Emma basically saves Sean because Mister Radish is approaching, and she asks Sean if she'd like to dance to save him, uh, and Jimmy uh, save him and Jimmy from getting into trouble. So Sean says yes. So they share their first dance on their first episode that they meet each other. Then we get to the the Parents' Day episode, which was what you were talking about before, where Emma writes a paper that gets entered into the. Group grassy grapevine about how NAK is using their platform to advertise it uh, in irrelevant products and only reporting on one side of the story. Sean's brother protests uh, against Emma's protests and later Emma and Sean instant messes each other in the computer lab at school and joke about the incident ending with him admiring what she did. So he's very supportive of her kind of standing her ground, even if it's against his own brother. Uh, we go into the mating game, which was uh, kind of addresses the other crush that uh, was developed with Emma involved, which was Toby had a crush on Emma in this first season. Uh, Emma and Toby are working on a project together. She is oblivious to Toby's crush on her because of her own crush on Sean. Uh, Emma is supposed to meet Toby at Manny's house to complete their project, but she suddenly remembers that she promised to help Sean with his project. She stays after school to work with Sean, and sparks begin to fly between the two, unaware that she has hurt Toby's feelings. Uh, what do you think about this kind of soft uh, love triangle that they did here with uh, Toby having a crush on Emma while Emma has a crush on Sean. I mean, let's let's be real. Toby never had a chance. Um, you know, the, the Toby, you know, we talk, I joke about, you know, my my quote that I've used multiple times on the show is Toby Isaac's praise on the week. And that's because of like, you know, the thing with him and Liberty after JT died and uh you know and stuff. But yeah, the, the thing with Toby, the the funniest thing about Toby is that years later, Holly J falls for him. Yeah. He curves her. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, like, that, that was, was like, that, okay. was like the, that was like the long-term booking payoff for Toby. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, um, he's like, Toby Isaacs calls the shots. And I'm like, what? Since when? Okay, that's cool, though. I, I respect it. Um, but, uh, but no, Toby just never... He, he was... Um, I, I was going to say like they were too good of friends. He was like friend zoned with like those girls. But at the same time on this show, like everybody hooks up with one another. So like it kind of is 
lame for Toby that like it didn't go any farther, I guess. But um, but yeah, I I just I just never saw him as having a chance with Emma, and like she was clearly just into Sean, so he just kind of felt bad for Toby. Yeah, in a way, they're definitely right there. But he was also um, annoying. Like he also yeah. didn't like get the hint. Like and there's also like a thousand other girls at the school who'd be interested. So like he kind of yeah, it was it was just kind of awkward all the way around, I guess. I definitely understand that. Uh, in Coming of Age, we get Sean is shocked yet impressed when Emma stands up to GT, Toby, and the rest of the giggling class about her period. Uh, then we get uh, Friday night, which is kind of the start of their official relationship. Uh, Sean asks Emma to hang out with him on Friday night. However, she isn't sure whether to interpret it as just friends hanging out or a date, considering that Sean barely a- answered her with anything more than a uh, yeah in an in an effort to get <laughs> to get his attention. Uh, Emma makes Sean her sole target during a game of dodgeball in gym class. Uh, later on, Paige, whom uh, sees that Emma's crush on Sean is more obvious than he- she says, and I quote, more obvious than Heather Sinclair's bargain basement nose job. <laughs> sure yeah, Emma. For, for anyone who doesn't know, Heather Sinclair is she has never seen or heard from or anything like just but she's a, a character that's referenced over and over, over and again. Over. As almost like an inside joke. And then Holly J is her sister, like that is introduced years later. So, like, Holly J becomes a main character and like re- references Heather and stuff, but you never, you never see Heather Sinclair. No, so. she even gets money from uh, Heather, like, in like when she's, when they're struggling with, uh, with the money, the Sinclair family. And we still never see Heather Sinclair. You know what? That would be a good Easter egg for the reboot. Is if like you find like you see like an adult Heather Sinclair walk by and someone's like, oh, there's Heather or something like that. It's just like that would be just kind of a cool nod to like finally see what she looks like. Or she's like a teacher in the school, but we never go into their classroom. Like, oh, um, I was supposed to be in this in this uh in this class with Miss Sinclair, but I think they transferred me over. <laughs> and yes. we just see the back of her head or something oh, like man. that. Did... Like, like like she's one of the parents on Muppet Babies. Right. Oh my god, <laughs> Muppet Babies. Oh my god. We can't even go down that rabbit hole. Looney Tune uh, Tiny Tune Adventures, remember that one too? Um oh, but, uh, Scooby-Doo, what's up? Yeah, oh dude. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Hold on, dude. No. Okay. So there's a there's a kid that so every Wednesday when I go to Dave and Buster's with my brother, yeah. there's this one kid who's always on this like machine that we play, but like we get there before him because he doesn't get out of school until like you know four or whatever. So we go there and we rack the the machine first, and then he always shows up and he has red hair and me and my brother call him Red Herring. Yeah, I swear, I'm not even kidding. Like, like, I just no. I'm like, Yo, like, you know, you no, know no one was, else would have ever understood that. When but, I was a kid, I never understood it until I, went, oh, when I was an adult and I rewatched it, and I was like, so he's Red Herring because he's always the Red Herring. Yeah, like they always think it's him, <laughs> and, and they're and, and or Fred would always think it's him, and. Um, and there, I remember specifically one episode where he's like, it "I'm not gonna do him. it. I'm just not gonna do it." Like, and then it actually wound up being red herring. Yeah. Um, but no, we, me and my brother, like, I swear to God, if if he was sitting here right next to me, I'd be like, "Man, I wonder if herring's a DMB." Is like, that's like we just call him Herring because like that's we don't know what his name is. He's there every Wednesday. 
but we got the name from that show, which is like, man, wow. When talk about all time greatest theme songs for a cartoon, a pup named Scooby Doo. I would, I would put that against anybody. A pup wow. named Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Doo Doo, Scooby Doo. Even the, wow. the, in, the interlude songs they would Scooby Dooby Doo, Scooby Doo. So it's been like at least. I mean, we're talking like maybe 25 years since yes. I've like Scooby Dooby Doo Scooby Doo. Oh my god! You're like unlock it. No, You're unzipping you just... my brain right now. Um, Yo, you just brought me back to a time in my life that I thought I would never remember when I'm on yeah. camera. But thank you, thank you. This is why me and Jensen are like a match made in heaven for this. Yes. Show. Oh my god! But it's dude that cracks me up. Even know about any of this, oh, like, that's awesome. but, but yeah, like they're seriously like my brother is going to cry laughing when I tell him that today, like I was talking about red herring on the show. Um, but oh my god, like red herring, the DMB's kid that like is a reference to this. To the oh my god, yes, cla- um, class. I agree. Sports and things, classic, and also, uh, sports and things also had an earlier comment, uh, talking about. I've seen everything almost gave up during uh, next next class, and I don't blame you. Next class does get a little bit rough, uh, so I and I appreciate sports and things is always here with us, so and they they have the knowledge of the full. 14 seasons of next generation so always love seeing you in the live chat sports and things yeah but for sure well there there was a reason i brought up those shows though why why did i bring up scooby-doo and and what did i say before that well the heather sinclair we were talking about heather sinclair and then uh yes and we brought up the muppet babies talking about how heather should be in uh the new degrassi reboot but we never see her face yes and you were talking about how you might just see the back of their head like the muppets and then you brought up other other oh kids. Kid <laughs> there was a reason I brought that up, but I'll, I'll I'm trying to think if there's uh, okay. If if it comes back to me, I'll I'll bring it up. But oh my god, this is yeah. <laughs> a driver wrote a great great comment too. That ratatouille moment where the critter mm-hmm. eats the rat's meal and remembers his childhood. That's just <laughs> right now. Yeah. Wow. Great stuff. Um. So yes, it's it's Paige who assures <laughs> Emma that Sean is in fact asking her out on a date later in media immersion class. Emma and Sean are instant messaging each other. Emma asks Sean what's going on, and Sean thinks he hates her due to uh, uh thinks that she hate that uh she hates him due to what happened in the dodgeball class. Uh, Emma asks why would why would he think that, and Sean says she tried to kill him in dodgeball, <laughs> and Emma then says sorry. Uh, Sean asks if they still if they're still down to hang out and emma says yes sean says he will pick her up at her house later emma is getting ready for her date with uh with spike helping her and she tells her about her first date emma then gets excited when sean knocks on the door and emma comes over and then uh spike gets a quick photo of emma and sean the famous photo that is brought up several different times throughout their relationship uh their date is borderline disastrous with uh i think it was uh I think they had an incident where uh, Emma gets like uh, pizza on her like dress or something like that or on the lip, and then it 
uh, her she thinks that she lost her wallet. She threw it in the trash and makes M and makes Sean search through the trash, and then she realizes it's in her pocketbook and stuff. So yeah, it's completely disastrous. But Emma is relieved to know that Sean wants to keep seeing her, so their relationship officially develops from here. So what did you think about their first date together? Oh, it was a disaster. It was cringe. It was super cringe. Um, I've been on some bad dates though, too. So like I, it's it's relatable in a way as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever been on a date quite that bad, but I have been on dates before where like, um, like I'll like I remember a, a handful of years ago going on a date with uh, this girl who she like she was she was great, but like she left. And I don't know how this is even possible. The one thing she brought to the, we went to a hockey game. The one thing she brought to the game was her purse. The only thing. And yeah. like, she left her purse at the game. And so we had to go like all the way back to like the arena afterwards and like find it and stuff, which was fine. Cause like, you know, we found it and like, it was, it was all good. But I would just remember being like, that's the only thing you had. Like, how could you possibly have forgotten the only thing you brought to this game? Um, but uh, and I've also had dates that were just bad, where like we just didn't click. I did. I went on a date with this one woman that I didn't know was married. Like she was, she was uh, like separated or whatever, and she and it was just not a good conversation. It was like this whole. Con- it was a really strange conversation, mainly about her husband. I was just sitting there, just like, what am I doing here right now? So like, I've been on some bad dates. Um. But uh, but Sean and Emma's was 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 ultra cringe, especially for being that age where like yeah. you just started kind of dating and stuff too. Like and it goes that way. Like that's yes, yeah, it's it's rough. And uh, border dude uh, talking about the bird poop as soon as they leave the house. I forgot yeah, that I forgot, part. I forgot I forgot because that Emma, Emma has true. to change her sweater immediately after leaving the house. So we get into their relationship, which really is only across like two episodes where they focus on it. In cabaret, Emma takes part in the uh, cabaret and does an imper- interpretive dance to symbolize illegal po- poaching of endangered animals. She asks Sean to be in it, but he refuses because he doesn't want to dance or wear a leotard seeing this as an opportunity to impress emma toby agrees to help her and when they're made fun of during their performance sean is the one that speaks up and defends emma and tells everyone to shut up and let them dance much to her joy after performing emma kisses uh sean on the cheek to uh thank him for defending her leaving toby crushed once again oh toby then we turn less than dancing was kind of funny though by the way it's like let them dance it's like <laughs> cool all right yeah let them let them dance all gangsta, right gangsta 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 yeah oh. yeah yeah <laughs> We get we get in under pressure. This is like a, a big turning point in their whole relationship. Emma uh, heads over to Sean's house to study before their media immersion final. At random, Sean's brother thanks Emma for being a good influence on Sean, especially because of what Sean has been through. Emma asks Sean later what his brother meant by this, and Sean regretfully tells her how he got into a fight a while back at Wasega by causing a kid to become deaf. Uh, Sean is stressed out over exam especially over his media immersion online tests. Pessimistic and downhearted, Sean is convinced that he has failed the test. Uh, The pressure gets to Sean when rude yet trivial comments from Jimmy enrages him. Truthfully, uh, Sean and Jimmy have had a conflict with each other all school year, so this two of them ultimately agreed to fight after school. 
Emma comes and tries to stop the fight. Already angry and riled up, Sean pushes Emma to the ground when she attempts to break up the brawl. He instantly regrets what he did, but Emma, stunned, runs away before he has a chance to apologize. Sean comes to school the next day with some good news and bad news. Sean actually passed his final media immersion exam, but Emma doesn't doesn't accept his apology and breaks up with him, ending their first try at a relationship. And just to add on to this, at the end of season two, we go, I mean, season one, we go to Jagged Little Pill. Ashley Kerwin hosts a house party, which JT and Toby invite Sean to. JT brings an ecstasy pill to the party, which Ashley ultimately gets a hold of when Sean switches it with a vitamin pill. JT had intentions of getting a newly single Emma together with Toby, so he plans to use Sean for tips on how to be a bad boy, thinking that it will impress Emma. Uh, Sean, on the other hand, is under the impression that Emma is aware that he will be at the party, and he sees it as a chance to win her back. Emma finally shows up, accompanied by Manny and Liberty. Unfortunately, when Emma sees Sean, she begins to walk away, telling him to leave her alone as he begs her to talk to him. Sean is hurt to the point of tears, and Ashley, who is now under the influence of the ecstasy pill, notices a private conversation and a private conversation and mutual comforting in Ashley's bedroom ultimately leads to Sean and Ashley making out. Moments later, Emma is sitting outside the house crying as Toby apologizes to her for inviting Sean. Suddenly, Sean walks out the house and sees Emma in tears. Emma turns away from him and cries into Toby's shoulder. Equally as sad as she is, Sean goes home. Yes. So what did you think about the closing off of season, the season one arc of Sean and Emma? Um... Yeah, it was it was not not a good way to end the season for them, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Sean's just made out with Ashley, who's on ecstasy, and the the whole thing, that whole thing, that whole episode was a mess for everybody involved. Yes. Like Ashley, it wound up ruining her friendship for the next season, and she wound up becoming goth and hanging out with Ellie and stuff, and then, um, yeah, like the. The, the Toby, well, it was another one of those things where it's like, I almost feel bad for Toby too because he's the one, like, Emma's, like, crying on his shoulder and he has this crush on her and, like, he's it's just not going to go anywhere for him. Like, no matter how much he wants to, it's just not going to. But at least they're, like, good friends at least, like, you know, that and she has someone who she can kind of, like, talk to about, about what's happening. But the only reason Sean was even there to begin with was because he wanted to see emma like because yeah. he he didn't want to be there to hang out with toby and jt or whatever it, it was just because jt and toby are friends with emma and he thought that like you know emma and uh and uh manny were going to come over and stuff so um yeah that that but that party was like yeah kind of the big blow-up moment of like the last of like the first season and then like a lot of what happened there like bled into the next season yeah, so we go into season two, which is not that long of the arc, really, because on the first day of eighth grade and when doves cry, Emma avoided looking at Sean when he arrived to class late as uh, she was still uncomfortable about their breakup and what he did with Ashley. When doves cry too, uh, Sean realizes that his new friend, Craig Manning, is being physically abused by his father, Albert Manning. Uh, so he runs to Emma's house to tell her that they must get Craig 
Gray uh, before he runs away to British Columbia. Emma and Sean then race to Greg's uh, stepfather, Joey, and tell them uh, what they discovered about them being abused at home. So despite them being on the outs, they're still friends to a mutual friend. Then we get to we fast forward to White Wedding, which is Spike and Snake's uh, wedding is approaching. Manny takes it upon herself to invite Sean to the wedding, who still has feelings for Emma after his failed attempt uh, in starting a relationship with Ashley. Although Emma clearly still has feelings for him too, she scolds Manny for playing matchmaker and orders her to uninvite him. Regretfully, Manny informs Sean that he is not invited to the wedding. In White Wedding Part 2, following the revelation of Spike's pregnancy, she and Snake have a fight on the eve of their wedding. Emma goes out on her way to make things right. Her first step is to apologize to Sean and personally invite him to the wedding. That is, if the wedding takes place. Unfortunately, Spike and Snake... Uh, well, fortunately, Spike and Snake make up and commence to, to get married. Later on at the reception, a slow song entitled Just Jane plays, and everyone but Emma seems to have found someone to dance with. Suddenly, Emma sees Sean standing alone from a distance, and she approaches him. After exchanging a few words, Sean and Emma dance together and share their first kiss. So even though they were in a relationship in season one, their first kiss comes in season two. What did you think about the reconciliation through Spike and Snake's wedding? Uh, I thought it was good. It, it was it sucked for Sean when like he got invited and then like uninvited to the yeah. wedding. And like I think like it might have also happened like either right in front of his brother or his brother was there like right after. Yeah. I remember it being kind of awkward where like he had to like explain like he wasn't going anymore. Um and uh and yeah manny was just like just assumed that you know he'd be invited so like she kind of caused that mess i guess well, she had way. good intentions to she, be she had good intentions she did yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not I'm, but it was emma didn't know that manny was inviting her and that's like what yeah you know caused kind of the problem but um but he does wind up you know he winds up there and uh and all that happens so it winds up winds up ultimately being a good thing at the end of the day for both of them Absolutely. So the end, so season two kind of ends with them that's together again. Uh, so Snake and uh, and Spike insist that Sean uh, come over for dinner. So this is what we previously talked about. And Sean is once again struggling with his lack of self-confidence, which makes him turn to alcohol. Uh, when he misinterprets a generous offer from Spike as a degrading comment, he angrily accuses her of viewing him as a lowly welfare case and leaves. Concern Emma follows Sean to Jimmy's house. Sean and Jimmy had dissolved their feud earlier in the episode, so Jimmy invited Sean to his party. However, Sean ruins his friendship with Jimmy and almost ruins his relationship with Emma when he is caught stealing Jimmy's parents' alcohol. Uh, after Jimmy orders a drunken Sean to get out, Emma calls her mother to come pick them up. Back at school, Sean is ashamed of his actions, so he tries to avoid Emma. However, she refuses to leave him alone and they begin to talk. Emma assures him that although she's disappointed in him, she still likes him. Relieved, Sean tells her that he likes her too. And then in Fight for Your Right, after school, Sean walks Emma home and tells her that uh, if she doesn't like the cafe's uh, food, uh, then just to not eat it. But Emma explains that that isn't a point and that it's more about the fact that none of them know that they're actually eating when they uh, when they choose to eat GM foods. And Sean remarks that he usually doesn't care about causes like this, but it seems that em uh, Emma really has something this important to say. And he reminds her to not back down for what she 
she believes in before he gives her a kiss on the cheek and leaves her for home. So they're in a very good place at the end of season two, which makes what's about to happen in season three <laughs> this much more abrupt. Yeah, go for it. So we get into season three, and uh, immediately the first episode that they're focused on is what we're going to see the breakup <laughs> in Gangsta Gangsta. That's why I've been using that side, uh, that saying a lot in this. Uh, it's been quite a while since Sean and Emma have spent some quality time together since the arrival of her newborn brother and the revelation of Snake having cancer. When Sean asks Emma to come over his over to his place, uh, she agrees only to find out from Snake that he is going to need her to babysit Jack. This frustrates both Sean and Emma. Also, Sean witnesses Jay Tow Towers and Alex breaking into vending machines for which Mr. Radish questions Sean about later, thinking that he, he was the possible culprit in which he did take food but didn't break into the machine. Vex, Sean confronts Jay outside for almost getting him in trouble for something he didn't do jay mocks sean in return and it leads to a fist fight which i will just say sean messes jay up yeah, <laughs> he, not even beats, close. he beats the dog crap out of jay <laughs> however sean and jay manage to make peace shortly after <laughs> the fight and quickly become friends due to a mutual understanding of each other and not having as much time to spend with emma as he used to sean very easily finds himself as a member of jay's crew much to emma's surprise in an effort to spend time with Sean, uh, Emma invites him to uh, join her on the, and the rest of the environmental club in cleaning up litter. Although it isn't Sean's idea of fun, he agrees to join Emma, for which Jay teases him about. Sometime during the cleanup, Sean initiates a kiss with Emma. She's resistant. Uh, uh, Resistant at first, but uh, she does relent and relaxes and gives in. Kendra catches them making out. Embarrassed, uh, Emma pulls away and stating that she doesn't want anybody else to see them. Back in the school, Emma sees that Sean is upset with her, which leads to an argument. Sean complains that Emma doesn't want to have any fun anymore and uh, and hardly has time for him anymore. When Emma reminds him that it's because Snake has cancer, Sean replies like, yeah, I heard rather insensitively at this point uh sean clearly prefers to spend time with jay because he is fun and emma calls sean pathetic angering him sean joins jay later uh, dis uh distracting the janitors so they can find something to steal they ultimately decide to steal snake's laptop the next day at, at school, Emma approaches Sean to apologize about their fight, but Sean is still angry with her, and he, st he states that he has nothing to say to her. Heartbroken, Emma walks away, realizing that Sean has broken up with her. Later on, Emma sees Snake, who's upset about his missing laptop, and while Snake is questioning his own responsibility, Emma sees Sean walking past from a distance and grows suspicious. Yeah, a lot to unpack with all that. The it was I, the Sean hanging out with Jay and we said Towers and Alex, like that was uh yeah. Did did you did, in that? Did you mention the snake getting his laptop? Yeah, the one also. Yeah, okay. I know. I know we went through a lot there. That that whole situation was like just yeah. That was I was just rough. Like, especially when he explains to Mr. Simpson that he that he did it, it was like, 
it's like, oh my god, dude. Like, this is like the one guy who's had your back this entire the time. time. Yeah. Like, from day one, like, Snake was always the one who was trying to see more in Sean than just the troubled kid who's, who had to, like, leave the school and stuff, and then to do that to him just because Jay kind of, like, manipulated him, and yeah, Jay gets him down a road that it, it's very hard for him to get off of, and it takes another girl for him to get off this road. Yeah, yeah, and Jay really just kind of frames it as, like, <clears throat> we're one of you, like, you know, we're, like, you should be hanging out with us, because you don't really fit in anywhere else, neither do we. <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was, yeah, that was a rough, that was a dark time for Sean, for sure. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, I just felt really, really bad for Emma, because, like, she's dealing with, like, her dad having cancer and and like her boyfriend is the one causing a lot of like his like her dad's pain basically because like he's really torn up about like the laptop being gone like he because he thinks it's his medicine his and stuff yeah, yeah like yeah, he doesn't he doesn't know how he could have possibly lost this thing and it just turns out the whole time the one kid he like was really trying to help was the one who stole it to begin with this kid who's like coming over and eating dinner at their house and stuff is like you know the one who did it and uh and yeah emma's just like really disappointed by the entire thing basically and sean's just yeah sean's just rolling with the uh rolling with the bad crowd at that point stealing stealing snickers bars out of vending machines and stuff so pathetic and now yeah. he really is what Emma called him. He is pathetic. Uh, yep. We move, move on to against all odds. Emma thinks that it's time to uh, move on in the matters of the heart when she finds out that Sean already has another uh, another girlfriend, which is Amy. Uh, Emma soon finds herself attracted to the smart, upbeat Chris Sharp, and it is clear that he likes her as well. Emma is skeptical about moving on until Manny informs her of a rave, and uh, she basically this is at the point where Manny is basically uh, is is allowing Craig to cheat with her on Ashley. So basically, Manny's trying to teach Emma how to be Manny and make Chris cheat on his girlfriend with Emma, which uh, leads to a kind of a split in their friendship for a while. Where Emma uh, Manny says that she doesn't want to uh, hang out with a stuck up prude, and Emma says she doesn't want to hang out with the school slut. So then we move into This Charming Man, where Emma is now seeing Chris, who recently broke up with his girlfriend. Uh, she catches uh, Sean making out with Amy, much to her jealousy, and she'll do whatever it takes to make him pay, even if it means jeopardizing her relationship with Chris. Emma is sure, though, she lacks proof that Sean and his crew have been stealing various items from the school, including Snake's laptop. While on a date with Chris at the dot, Emma catches them stealing candy, and she quickly snitches on them, even when Chris advises her not to. The next day, Emma sees Sean carrying a box at school and decides to confront him annoyed sean shows her that the box is for the uh, his auto shop class and it, he isn't carrying any stolen items in it he also adds that he's sorry about their breakup but emma needs to mind her own business when it comes to jay or amy this brief dispute only drives emma to sabotage sean even more so when so she asks chris to join her in talking to mr radish about sean's crew being the possible culprits of the stolen items at school however chris is disappointed in emma when when she goes on to lie, stating that she and Chris actually saw Sean loading some equipment into Jay's car. Later on, uh, 
Emma watches the police search Jay's car only to find nothing in there. It becomes obvious to Sean that at that very moment that Emma is the uh, anonymous tipper. He commenced to tell Emma off when Mr. Radish asks her, asks him if he has something to say. When Sean responds by telling the principal to go to hell, he's uh, subsequently punished with Saturday detention. Emma smiles to herself as she is pleased to see Sean in trouble. She even brags to Chris about it shortly after. However, Chris is isn't amused and he tells Emma to stop wasting his time because she clearly isn't over Sean just yet and luckily Emma is able to save her relationship with Chris for the time being after she apologizes and explains to him why she feels uh, so vindictive towards Sean and that ends their whole interaction for season three there and does that is that the Saturday detention that they show like they have the episode? Yes, of that's all the, the, kids the, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club episode. That okay. leads to the Breakfast Club episode. I like how they did this, where they kind of showed how everybody got the Saturday detention before yes. they did that episode. Yes, that was really really well done how they did that. And uh, bored dude says I felt bad for Chris. Yeah, I mean he was he was one of those guys that we talk about every now and then on this show that like. Looked like he was in for a push, and then they just like killed him. Pretty basically killed him off. Like he yes. he went from like potential actual like character on the show to like really you never saw him again after he was done with this like little mini relationship with Emma. Um, so yeah, and yeah, that's that's a good point. Chris had some patience. Like yeah, um, and it's uh, uh, Carlos. It's it's your boy C dot. Is C dot not C dog? He C dot was his was his DJ name. That was what he said. I actually rewatched. Uh, That's how I knew what Emma and Manny said hmm. to each other because I actually rewatched these episodes last night. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Because he was like the DJ um, at the, the rave. rave. Yeah. Yeah. His well, his cousin was, and then he was like right. there with his cousin. Because well, so, that was I haven't seen that one in a while, but it was like does he like doesn't he like do like a beat on her? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, like it's like yeah. the beat of the heartbeat, and he like touches her chest, and that leads to their first kiss with each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He got game. He got game. Yeah. He, he was definitely a guy. He. I mean, he got he got screwed by the booking of the show for sure. Like he like he 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 seemed like an interesting character. He was something new. Um, and they, yeah, they just, they just squash him. So to, this is not a part that they have in the Sean and Emma uh, story, but for Sean, the Saturday detention is really like a turning point for him because that starts his whole relationship with Ellie, uh, which, um, kind of bleeds into him becoming emancipated when his brother gets a job outside of Toronto. And he says that they have to leave. He gets emancipated so he can live on his own. Him and Ellie's relationship helps him like mature, become a better person going into season four, where mercy street, we only get a little interaction between the two where Sean shows that he's uh, not pleased with Emma rallying the whole school against Rick, who just returned after, um, you know, giving sending Terry into a coma. Then that leads into time standstill, which we've talked about before, where Sean steps in front of the gun of Rick for Emma to save Emma and, um, you know, shoots Rick. Then we go into, Black and Black, which is the immediate aftermath of the shooting. 
Emma sees Sean at school and hugs him and thanks him repeatedly for saving her life as she cried her eyes out. However, Sean uh, slowly pushes uh, her away as he is already overwhelmed with the guilt of killing Rick Murray, even though it was far from intentional. As an outlet for his bottled uh, pain, Sean invites Jay, Emma, and his then-girlfriend, Ellie Nash, on a drive to Wasega, where he heatedly confronts the parents he feels abandoned by after his his parents had comments on the news. At some point, uh, when the four of them head to the beach, Sean is nearly attacked by Tyler Bishop, the same kid that deafened him in the, in, in the fight that he deafened in the fight several years ago. Sean can't seem to contain his emotions much longer, which gets him into a verbal fight with Ellie, who was trying hard to get Sean to open up about how he's feeling after the shooting. Uh, Sean nearly loses his mind when he hops on a jet ski and falls off. He would have drowned had Tyler of all people not rescued him. Sitting side by side in the sand, Sean and Emma have a heart-to-heart talk. He gives Emma a sincere apology for everything he put her through the previous year, for which he is forgiven. Later on, Sean returns to his parents' house and finally realizes his pain by crying his eyes out and admitting the remorse he feels over Rick's death. And this ultimately leads to Sean deciding that Sean's decision to stay with his parents, which breaks Ellie's heart. Emma appears sad as well, but she understands. After hugging his friend, Jay starts to drive away with Ellie and Emma in the car, and Sean and Emma tearfully stare at each other as Jay's car drives away. Yeah, so there was another, you mentioned, uh, what's the guy's name who who he deafened? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you also find out in this in this that like the stories about Sean deafening him aren't accurate either because like the, yeah. the what he had been telling people is that like in self-defense he like clocked this dude, but the real story is he sucker punched this guy like from behind, which that's definitely worth bringing up just because yes. like you know you're starting to see little layers also of like not everything you thought was true was completely true about Sean also. And, um, and then that I'll be honest, it was real lame how he like got on that jet ski and just started driving around and just fell off. It's like, okay, like that wasn't badass at all. I'm like losing like cool points with Sean throughout this thing. I'm like <laughs> sucker punch this dude, like almost drowned out of spite on a jet ski. Like that was his way of like, Left, left, left all your friends who had to deal with the shooting and your girlfriend to stay at home with mommy and daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like, I, I know that's understandable. A it, baby. Is under, it is yeah. understandable, but if we're gonna put yeah. him in a negative light, we gotta throw everything in there. And well, make he does it, it negative to deal. He's got a deal. That's He's the got whole a deal. Um, He's got to deal with it. But uh. But yeah, the, and then and the, like you said, you know, the whole reason he went there to begin with is because he saw his parents talking about how worried they were and like proud of him they were on the news for like the school shooting stuff. And uh, and he's like, screw this, like, parents don't care about me. So that's like why he went to begin with. And um, and yeah, and then Tyler, like you said, is ultimately the one that saved Sean from drowning. So like, this is like actually like some. It was like a, it was like, he was clearly the good guy. Like this Tyler guy, like he got sucker punched. He still saved this guy's life. Um, You know, he, it came off a little like dickish the way that, you know, when 
he's like running out the jet skis to them. He's like, he calls him out for, but it's also like, he kind of, Sean kind of deserves to get called out. Cause like these people don't know that like he sucker punched this guy. They think that this guy's the asshole. Like no, Sean's the asshole. So like, but once again, this Tyler guy winds up saving him anyways, after all, he could have easily just like let him drown. And like that would have yeah. been that. Um, so shows um, he has a heart for sure. So yeah. And then it also becomes a turning point. Like we're going to talk about with Sean too. Cause then he, he does spend some time at home and then I know we're going to get to, you know, him coming back yeah. and everything. So while Sean's away, we should also bring up after all of this, Emma uh, goes goes a little crazy. Goes, goes to the ravine. Crazy. She goes to the ravine and tops off uh, Jay and earns herself a bracelet. Did you say and tops off Jay? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. And gets herself gonorrhea, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So we just had to let you know that because there's, no, there, there's nothing else in season four. There's nothing in interaction in season five. Sean returns to the show show and back in town in season six uh premiere which is here's here comes your man appropriately titled uh his new roommate is jay and sean still has feelings for emma but she's already in a new relationship with peter stone at first uh peter doesn't see sean as a threat on the contrary he looks up to sean especially when he introduces peter to a street racing hobby however things start to look suspicious when emma finds it hard to resist sean sean and emma uh when the cops come and try to break up the street racing brigade, Peter goes on his own. Sean and Emma drive off and they wind up making out with each other while Peter is attempting to call her, which he ignores. So the next episode starts off in the same place where we where we ended. Uh, Emma then tells uh, Manny about kissing Sean. Manny is disappointed, even though Manny still doesn't like Peter. She feels that it's the principle that applies and it is wrong to cheat on one's partner at the end of the day, which shows a lot of growth in Manny. I will say that uh, Sean is guilt written about uh, about Peter, who is at this point trying to emulate his style of dress and his walk. However, Sean continues to pursue Emma even buying her earrings. Emma is fe- is feeling torn in between two guys she really cares about, her ex and her current boyfriend. The confusion of the dilemma leads Emma to tell Peter that she needs space. Peter instantly assumes that she wants to break up and he realizes that Sean has something to do with it. Jealous and angry, Peter abuses his mother uh, Miss Hasalasso's position as principal to open Sean's locker and frame him for possession of marijuana. Sean is subsequently expelled when Miss Hasselasco discovers a bag of weed in his locker following an anonymous tip. Things get complicated between Sean and Emma when the latter starts to believe that Sean could in fact be a drug dealer, especially uh, if he he was able to afford the expensive earrings that he tried to give her. Offended by Emma's lack of trust in him, Sean furiously tells her to go to hell. That seems to be his catchphrase. Um, Sean is quite sure. GFY, absolutely. Uh, Sean is quite sure that Peter is responsible for the marijuana found in his locker, so he challenges them to a street race. But this only leads to even more trouble as uh, Peter uh, uh, accepts the challenge that the two boys commence to race. Just as Sean appeared to be winning, he suddenly hits a jogger with his car by accident. Sean, Peter, and Jay call an ambulance for the injured gentleman. After that, Sean takes Jay's advice to flee the scene, considering that Peter is still a minor while Sean is 18, which uh, could mean serious jail time on his behalf. It turns out, however, that the man has survived 
escape. Later on, Emma heads downstairs to her room and sees an emotional Sean sitting on her bed. He apolog he apologetically begs for Emma's help, stating that she is the only one who cares about him. Sadly, Emma tells him that she doesn't care and advises him to turn himself in. Moments later, Sean is arrested and taken away by the police sobbing. Yes. So the have you ever seen the trailer for our boys that show no no um damn there there is a the 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 anyone who's seen this before will know what i'm talking about but it's like uh if you haven't seen negrassi but you've seen trailer park boys it's kind of like jacob with julian there there's a character who like starts emulating one of the main characters or he starts dressing like him and he starts walking around with like the same kind of glasses this guy walks around with and like it's kind of like that with uh with Jay, or sorry, with uh, with Sean and uh, and Peter, like, yeah, like you said, Peter starts like, <laughs> I remember, like, I think like Spinner calls him like Slim Shady from like the parking lot or something, like, um, yeah, because he's like walking <laughs> around in like a beater and like, uh, just basically just trying to be like Sean, yes. um, which yeah, was was kind of funny and kind of hilarious because like emma's like dating this dude who's like she has like the great value sean it's like you know what i mean like why why am i even like this guy's trying to be like my my ex which is weird it's very um, weird like yeah. I, I didn't i didn't understand his like i understood his like liking like the lifestyle and thinking sean is cool but to oh my god great yes. comment that, that was an actual <laughs> i think that was an actual someone said it on the show i think it might have been drake or jimmy that actually said this about too way too furious yeah i could be wrong but uh but carlos let me did what that was a line from the show wasn't it but i i always call these like couple episodes there's the two the two fast too furious saga which yes. is um yeah so jimmy did say that i knew that sounded familiar but yeah two white two furious that, that's hilarious <laughs> um but yeah this really was that there was like a few episodes where they literally just had like a fast and furious style feud and like it was like a little mini movie basically based around uh street racing that uh yeah, yeah. um <laughs> And and then yes, as you said, by the end of it, like like Sean has hit a jogger. Um, he wants to stay, and and he like him and him and he's he takes Peter's phone so that he can like call an ambulance and stuff. But then Jay rolls up, and Jay's like, "Sean, you need to get out of here right now." And Sean's like, "No way, man! Like I, I, I hit this guy." And Jay's like, "Peter's a minor. He's not going to do any time." you're an adult like you need to get out of here because like you have a, like a record or whatever like you're screwed and we would see this in the next episode that peter just gets off scot-free especially because his dad knows like the judge and stuff so yeah. exactly yeah his dad's literally like like friends with with peter's dad the, peter's dad is like friends with the judge and yeah he winds up getting like community service and his license suspended for like a really short time and like it's like nothing and sean winds up in jail so and yes, Spinner had a great line saying, "Yo, Eminem, where's D12?" Uh, to, to to Peter, that was great, great stuff all around. Some great lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Then we go into true colors. Emma at first is happy. Sean is in jail for crime. Peter, on the other hand, was given a much lighter scent uh, punishment due to his age and his father's connections. Like we said, Emma briefly visits it. Sean at the courthouse and they hug. Sean relishes her perfume scent, whereas Peter despises it. Uh, after after having a conversation with Jay, Emma decides to do whatever it takes to get Sean out of jail as soon as possible. After discussing ideas with Liberty about a masquerade dance, Emma decides to raise money by selling raffle tickets to find pay for a lawyer for Sean. Meanwhile, Peter leaves a, a mask for Emma in, in her locker. Taking it as a sweet jester, Emma doesn't even question how Peter got into her locker in the first place until Manny brings it to her attention. It doesn't take Emma long to figure out that Peter was the one who planted the drugs in Sean's locker, which started this whole domino effect to leading to him going to jail. Well, how dumb is Peter? Like, like one, for planting drugs on Sean, I didn't consider weed a drug, but whatever, you know what I mean? But for yeah. putting weed in this guy's locker, like, yeah, dickhead move. Like, screw Peter for doing that. But, like, how dumb of a person can you be where, like, you do the same exact thing to your like you use the same exact method to see something into your girlfriend's locker who knows that like sean just got in trouble because of something that was found in his locker like you got to be a total idiot and or just like on another level of like arrogance like i'm just not going to get caught untouchable yeah to, to to make a move like that and expect her not to realize what what, what you did to sean like it just bonehead bonehead move and this is a lot of peter in season six um the uh the next uh so disgusted and furious emma confronts uh peter and demands a confession from him and ends their relationship the next day emma visits sean in the in jail again and informing him that she couldn't raise enough money to get him a lawyer the good news however is that snake has found a decent public defender who is willing to work on sean's case and broke it off with peter therefore sean is coming close to a release date which inevitably brings him and emma closer she also apologizes for accusing sean of selling drugs and not being in there for him when he really needed her but sean is happy she's there for him now then in crazy little thing called love it all is the whole fallout from everything i said that happened after sean went to wasega so emma and sean reunite uh, when uh sean is released from jail the two of them are happy to finally be together Spike and Snake allow Sean to stay at their at their home until he gets back on his feet as well. He is overjoyed and grateful to Emma for helping him out get out of jail, and he is also very thankful to Jay for helping him get a job as a mechanic. However, Sean is bound to discover an ugly secret between his girlfriend and his best friend. One night, Sean uh, Spinner leaves the dot open an hour longer so that Sean and Emma could enjoy a romantic dinner, a romantic date together in private. While they're on their date, Sean tells tells Emma how perfect she is and how lucky he is to have her in his life. Emma, however, is feeling guilty about the secret she is keeping from Sean. Therefore, she is feeling as though she doesn't deserve the pedestal that Sean is placing her on. They enjoy their date, but Sean takes a mental note of the suspicious vibe that Emma was giving off. The next day at work, Sean tells Jay of the awkwardness that Emma was displaying on their date, and he asks him if something bad had happened to her. Jay hesitates and tell, decides to tell Sean the truth if he can handle it. Sean claims that he can handle the truth, so Jay confesses that Emma has performed oral sex on him two years ago while Sean was in Wasega. 
Unsurprisingly, Sean is shocked and furious at the revelation. This leads to him acting out in many ways when his temper gets the best of him. First, he confronts Emma at Degrassi and angrily expresses his hurt over what she did with Jay. Second, he gets into a near a nearly violent altercation with Jay at work. Lastly, Sean takes his frustrations out on a customer by being rude and even attempts to get in said customer's face for calling him out on his attitude. Sean is overwhelmed with rage and disappointment, so he makes a rash decision to quit his job and move back to Wasega. While he is packing his belongings, he gets into a heated argument with Emma at her house. Sean can't seem to get over what he heard. He refuses to accept that Emma's brief fling with Jay took place when, while Sean was away over a year after their last breakup, and that Emma is only a human. <laughs> it's only human like at the end of the day and should be expected to make mistakes as such. Sean begins to blame everyone else around him for his problems, which uh, Emma calls him out for. Sean leaves and makes it all the way to the bus station before he realizes he is walking out of the, something very good in his life. Moments later, Emma finds Sean in her base, basement bedroom. Both of them are in tears as Sean apologizes for the way he behaved. He promises to get his job back, get his GED, and begs Emma Emma not to give up on him, even if it means calling him on his crap when necessary. Emma agrees to give him another chance as long as he learns uh, how to stay, save himself from himself sometimes. Deeply emotional, Sean and Emma reconcile with a kiss. Yes. Yes, a lot of good stuff there. So uh, this is funny from Carlos. You, you mentioned this, but to be honest, yeah, Manny's the one who figured out the, like Emma didn't figure out the locker thing, which is like... Kind of, I don't know how she's portrayed as very intelligent throughout this series. I don't know how she, but she know. she's not as far as street smarts. True, like, very very yeah. good in school. Um, type yes. stuff. Well, actually, up until college, and then for like whatever reason, she just like becomes like not about school at all. Um, um, Blaze, but uh, <laughs> Blaze, but, but uh, yeah, and also it was it uh was it vanilla honey shampoo? Was that the 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 yes. scented yes. that that she gives him when he's in jail? And that that was the moment when I realized like she's for sure like they're for sure getting back together. Like unless he massively screws up again, like he's she's bringing him shampoo that he knows that she knows smells like her hair and like he likes that. And that's why she she's giving it to him while he's like stuck in jail and stuff. And like, um, so yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, he was gonna, he was gonna bail. And also it is, I mean, I know it's just a TV show, but it is strange. just the idea of like, I know that snake and spike, like they like Sean and like Sean, you know, they, they know Sean and stuff. But that's weird that, like, you would invite your daughter's ex-boyfriend to just, like, to live with all of you together. Like, it's a very kind gesture. It's a very nice thing that they're doing for him. But, like, you know what I mean? Doesn't that just seem kind of strange? Like, that there's doesn't a happen couple, in real life. Like, there's ever. a couple of things that's strange. That's one. And then two was why Emma didn't tell Miss Hasselaskos about Peter being the one that put the drugs in Sean's locker so Sean could go back to school. That's a really good point. He, he doesn't need to get the job with Jay or, like, stay with them if he's back at school. Like, Jay was his roommate when he was going to school, so he doesn't need a job necessarily. Or, like, a lot of this was, like, 
I was like, I feel like they skipped steps here. Yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about that because not only that, but like that would have not only helped Sean, but like Peter, there would have been real consequences for that, for him bringing weed to school to begin with. Unless that led to, you know, his mom covering it up because she's the principal, which could have led to other problems potentially or other stories, I guess, potentially. But, um, but I never thought about that before. I, I mean, part of it is like, I guess, just not wanting to be a snitch, I guess. But at the other, at the other point, it's like, your, your dude's in jail. Like, you kind of got to be a, like, there are situations where, like, I'm okay with snitching. Like, when, like, sometimes, like, the, the, you know what I mean? Like, if it's to get your family basically, like, out of jail, like, you might have to snitch. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just might have to. <laughs> but I mean, like, like you just said, like, this dude, like, there's basically proof now. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say proof, but, like, there's... It would be very easy if they looked into it to show, like, yes, Peter definitely planted the drugs in in Sean's locker. Like, there, there, was, there was ways to prove that, for sure. And that not only, once again, would have, like, Peter would have got punished for doing it to begin with, it would have also got jail, or Sean out of jail and back into... Um, well, the jail thing actually was a little different because I was more related to the, to the racing, but like the, the, the weed is what caused the race to begin with. Yeah. Before. So it was, it was a whole trickle down. He might not have gotten out of jail right away or anything because of it, but he would have at least been accepted back into the school because like he didn't, he didn't bring drugs to school like uh, Peter did. So yeah. Um, so, and by the way, I'm not like over here advocating for snitching. By the way, I'm I'm a pretty yeah, I'm a yeah, pretty no. tight-lipped person. But at the end of the day, but like, if it's gonna help someone it, who got screwed over because of the person, like especially if you care about that person and you want them to get an education, I would think that is an appropriate time to tell Ms. Oscar Oscar's like, yeah, it's it's it was Peter. Yeah, your it was your own son. And by the way, like you're supposed to be like the moral compass of the school being the principal and your own son is the biggest piece of shit like in this school like what's that kind of say about you you know what i mean like you you allow him to have easy access to do these things because of your your position so yeah well and on top of that hazelakos like she had questionable morals throughout this whole thing she winds up hooking up with snake like you know like that's the thing i'm not sitting here like judging people like people are people people make mistakes you know it's everyone's different i'm not I'm not like, you know, a total like stickler for this kind of shit, but like when you think about it, like the print, she's like the principal of the school and she's supposed to be like the example for all these kids to grow up as like decent humans or whatever. And like her son is the biggest trash of anyone at the school. She's, she's cheating on her husband with one of the teachers. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Emma knows a lot of this stuff too. So there's multiple interactions where like, um, I remember there were parts where Emma would just like not listen to her and just be like, screw you. Like, I know you're like, I don't care what you say. Like, yeah. I know you, you kissed my dad. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, so just kind of interesting that she was like the moral compass kind of as the principal in the school. But like she herself was like totally like a bad example herself. So, yeah. 
It was much better when Snake was in that position, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so I mean, we could pretty much finish off this whole story because there's not much else in uh, season six except for in Rock This Town, we get introduced to the idea that Sean and Emma are ready to make love for the first time. So, of so course, it's taken this long, too. Wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I know they're young kids. I get that. But, like, even but, then, yeah. But uh, Rock This Town should always be a remember and we're definitely going to have to do an episode on just rock this town because that is the episode in which jt york is stabbed to death uh in front of the the nelson house uh so we see sean and emba along with liberty manny and toby huddle together at the hospital mourning the loss of their good friend in love my way in season six it becomes apparent that sean and emma are having sex with each other when snake sees uh the latter purchasing contraceptive at the drugstore and this creates a brief problem between stepfather and stepdaughter but it's quickly resolved that snake starts to accept that emma is growing up then we get to don't you want me because this season six is really about the Sean and Emma story because you could tell when a season is about a character or characters by them book ending a season. So we started off Sean and Emma getting back together in season one. I mean, see, in uh, the beginning of season six, and then we lead to them having to be separated at the end of season six. As don't you want me? Emma is saddened when she finds out that Sean has applied for the military and will be leaving shortly. However, there is an obstacle that could possibly keep them together. Emma thinks she's pregnant. Sean is clearly disappointed when he hears the news, but he vows to be there for her nonetheless. Uh, in the next part of the episode, Emma takes a pregnancy test, which shows up negative. Sean is relieved. Still, Emma is questioning the accuracy of the test as she's been having a few uh, pregnancy symptoms. So she confines in Spike, who is disappointed yet clearly supportive. Uh, suddenly, Emma heads into the bathroom and sees that her period has arrived, thus confirming she isn't pregnant after all. Although she wants to stay connected to Sean in some way, she is relieved to know that she isn't having a baby. Sean and Emma share their last few moments together at the school dance and the two will have will will stay together as a couple before he but until he leaves for the army and then season seven we just touch on their relationship once again in everything she wants sean appears one last time to say goodbye to emma and her family before he's shipped off to afghanistan while Sean is, is helping Snake get back into shape, it is revealed that he is scared to death of going to war. However, Sean musters up all the courage he could to proceed with his uh, upcoming soldier duties. Even though Emma has started a new relationship with Damian Haynes, uh, it is clear that Sean will always be special to her, and presumably the feeling is mutual. And we end things off with Sean and Emma and their story with them taking one last photo together to replace the photo from their first date and that was the last time they ever showed sean wasn't it yes it was yeah that's that's just a lame ass way to write him <laughs> off of the show i'm not gonna lie absolutely because, is because he went from i'm not saying there's any there's actually i i'm it's very admirable to join the military right yeah. in the army and it makes stuff. sense like, with a lot of the stuff that you know troubled kid who is always looking for his way is looking for his path him saving emma and you know taking yeah. care of the school shooter the the breadcrumbs was there to this decision but it just felt like very anticlimactic that this is the last time forever that we would see him exactly exactly like there's once again like there's there's nothing wrong at all with the actual act of, of of joining the armed forces and stuff but it was yeah it was the it was the 
like you just said, it, it was, they put a bow on this whole thing and you, and you, there was also, I had issue with the fact that you don't know what happened to Sean. Like, yeah. because like he went off to Afghanistan and you never heard about him again. And it's like, exactly. That's kind of a scary thing to think about. Yeah. Um, uh, we have to assume he was fine, but we don't know one way or the other. And then by the time maybe we would have known, like Emma's off getting married to Spinner out of nowhere. So like, it just never was, it just never, we just never found out. But um, that's another great thing about this reboot is I'm hoping they actually tell us kind of what happened to some of these characters. Like they're like in the mighty ducks uh, game changers that we love so much. There was little things where like when uh, like I thought it was great when they were at the, uh, the pizza place and they're, like they're talking about kind of where they are in life now with Bombay. And I thought it was cool. Cause you at least got like some sort of backstory to like what happened to some of these characters. But at the same time, I was like, I remember being bummed out that banks just kind of wound up being a lawyer. And I was like, he was like the one guy who like seemed like he would have like Made been a real NHL player. Yeah. Cause yeah. like the first thing you ever hear about him in like the first movie is like, this kid might go all the way. Like Lord, you had a chance, but like this kid, like it was kind of the next you. Um, but, but that said, it was kind of like a, almost like a disappointing, like, damn, I, I wish, I wish these stories would have been a little different, but at least we got like some sort of context into what happened after the movies. I would like that with Sean where like, we, I don't want to find out that like he died at war, but if he did, I want to know. And if yeah. not, like, I want to know what happened afterwards. Um, see, and here's the, here's this thing. Don't even get me started on this because Bombay is not in season two of Game Changers, go, which ruins the entire another, thing. Another hour and a half if yeah, you get Dead no. started on how yeah. frustrated he is with Charlie, uh, I mean, Bombay not being in season two. No, the, the only way that this right here is salvageable is if season two, I think they're going to be at like a hockey camp is what it sounds like. So like maybe they can just kind of like, it's almost like a, a season that is, has nothing to do with like the main show pretty much like they're like, they're there to learn hockey and maybe there's like a different coach at the hockey camp and that kind of stuff. But by season three, they better smooth the stuff over with Emilio Estevez and like get back on track with the story that they started in season one of game changers, because that right there, the Bombay and Charlie thing is the number one. Cause they reference it in, in, in game changers, like that there was some sort of falling out and like, if we don't get that, like a, a, a like a, a finish to that, like that's, then they should have never made the show to begin with. Like, Absolutely. you know, and that's a strong statement because I'm a, I and mean, we were both very big fans. So, like, I agree with you. Though. Um, but that all said, you know, that was it for Sean. And then the other thing too is, you know, the actor uh, Daniel Clark. For all I know, he might have like. That's the other thing with this show is like these the actual kids, the actors and actresses like playing these characters. Sometimes they just had to get written off one way or another because like they just weren't going to be on the show anymore for various reasons. So like I don't know if it was just kind of a snap decision of like, you know, we don't have Daniel Clark anymore, so we just got to figure out a way to kind of write him off the show, and this just kind of makes like a good because we don't have him anymore. Kind of like Spinner and Emma, maybe something similar where it's like, we're not going to have access to Miriam McDonald and uh, um, Shane Kippel anymore. So it's like, we might as well just like put a bow on both characters and like at least have something to where like we have a reason for them to not be on the show anymore or something. But with that said, 
it it should it should have probably ended with Sean and Emma staying together as Sean went off to the military and they like continue their relationship and then he comes home from war and like they get married. Like that yeah. would have been like probably the ideal situation for me as a fan. But that would have made a whole lot more sense, but it is what it is. That is the story. Uh, I think that we have now completed two of the three of the kind of like compared relationships. It's like Eclair, Sema, and then either either you would throw in one of Maya Matlin's relationships, either Maya and Zig or Maya and Cam, who are like those three relationships are kind of viewed all together. So we we gotta do. Uh, after Jensen kind of gets familiar more with the Maya relationships, we'll do an episode on that. And then we also got to do an episode for sure on JT and Liberty. I know the Maya and Cam one fairly well. Um, yeah, yeah, because that's really story. just one one season. So that's true. Yeah, yeah we, could, we could probably do one on that. And that would be probably a good episode. And we could talk more in depth about the Cam character, which is kind of, I would say one one of my favorites for like a character that they only had for one season. I would say Cam is probably the most impactful of one season yeah. characters. And that's a sad one. Cause I was a kid who was just like heavily depressed and like actually did commit suicide on the show, which is like, I think he's the only, he's the only character I think that actually like completely went through with a suicide on Degrassi, the, the, I think. Yeah, I think the next, in the next generation, I know there was Claude in Degrassi High, but right. yeah, next generation, I think Cam is the only one that really went through. There was a, yeah, because there was a few like self-harm situations and stuff that like were close calls, but like he was the only one that I think actually yeah, did die um so yeah there, there's a lot we can get into that that'll be a heavy a heavy episode but like that was i really did like the cam the cam character was 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 complex very interesting yes. and also i think very relatable to a lot of people I think there's a lot of people that that deal with what he deals with where like he's like this star athlete and it looks like he's got everything going for him good looking guy the girls like him and everything but like he has an actual you know, there's a chemical imbalance going on where like, no matter what he just, he can't get over this depression and it gets the better of him. And I think that that's unfortunately um, something that a lot of people deal with. So, um, so yeah, but, but yeah, the Emma um, and Emma and Sean relationship, uh, I think it was the best overall relationship in the entire show's history. I think, as far as like long term, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Eclair after that episode last week. I'm sorry, going yeah. through all that stuff that we went through last week with Eclair. I have to give it to. I have to give Eclair the the crown as far as like, and especially because they ended up being Endgame as well. Yes, I think that they. I'm just saying personally, like I think that yeah, yeah. I think that 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 Eclair was the the relationship where like the most things happen, like they go through the most individually and together. And then they do wind up together. But I'm, I guess I would say from like a fan perspective, like I enjoyed the relationship between Emma yeah. and Spinner more. Um, Emma and Sean. Don't, don't, sorry, Anna, Emma and Sean. I, I was reading the comment there. Emma and Spinner. <laughs> that was literally just, they, that was so weird too, because they literally just like, they're they're gambling in Niagara wherever they are. Right? Niagara and, Falls, yeah. And and it was just like for no reason, like they <sighs> Jay and and uh, Manny, Manny literally only try to get 
Emma and Spinner just to hang out because Spinner is so down in the dumps about Jane cheating on him. And for whatever reason, Emma just like goes into full on, like, I love this man mode. <laughs> like, out, like, like so quick. You know, they've known each other for a decade at this point, being yeah. in the same school and stuff. But out of nowhere, Emma's just like deeply in love with this dude who's just like miserable and like doesn't even want to get out of bed. And but like because they have one fun night where they go out and drink too much and win like they win like a fifteen hundred dollars or something. Yeah. And wind up getting married and then have multiple chances to like not go through with like letting anybody know and all this stuff, but but just decide like this is we'll just roll with it. And it just didn't make any sense. And I, I, I do agree with Border Dude. I feel like Eclair winded up being endgame because they knew they dropped the ball with Summer. I will I will say say that is like my closing remark as far as like comparing the two couples that they went all the way with Eclair because they dropped the ball with this one with Summer. So they did. Because was anyone else endgame on the show outside of outside of Claire and Eli? Like Oh uh, well, Allie and Dallas were Endgame. Um, okay, I didn't ever, I didn't get that far. Yeah, those okay. are like latter, latter. What about from the next generation? Because Dallas was well, I guess they were technically. They, like, yeah, they're, they're, their next generation, as far as like the older couples, yeah, like really, Paige and Alex, like potentially, you know, we don't know if they. It, yeah, if they. I, I guess. I guess oh, was, Jay, Jay and Manny, Jay and Manny, out of the 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 original. Yeah. That was weird though, because that was a fake marriage that became a real real marriage. But you're right. They yeah. and that was another one that I thought was was a bit random. Not quite as random as like Emma and uh and Spinner, yeah. but like this that worked that worked for me more. But yes, that brings yeah. us to a close. I gotta wrap things up because I got the kids yelling yes. in the background. No, um, uh no, no watch along today, by the way, guys. I'll, I'll we'll we'll be back next week with that. I've got a show at one o'clock. I'm doing with Jesse, so um, but uh but yes, uh, usually we do a Twitch watch along on both of our Twitch channels afterwards. So you can subscribe to True Hill Heat Wrestling or Fight Talk underscore on Twitch. And we'll, uh, we'll, we're usually there watching episodes. Um, next week, we'll, we don't know what we'll talk about next week yet, but like we, I'll probably throw in like a spinner or sorry, a, a Sean and uh, an Emma episode next week just so we can watch yeah. something that we were talking about today as well so and maybe maybe we could do like one of the earlier couples so you guys let us know in the comments if you want to tag us on like twitter and social media what couple you want us to kind of dissect and go through their whole relationship next do you want us to do the the comparative ones like cam and maya or zig and maya do you want us to do jt and liberty or maybe an earlier one that you wish was endgame like maybe think, Cage and Spinner or something I, like that. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that one. I also like uh Spinner and Darcy. That one was interesting. Yes. We could we could we could dissect the spinner relationships, maybe. We can we could go. Well, we're through. hoping that we might be able to, you know, really deep dive soon with yes, someone maybe, who know a lot yeah, about this stuff. That so. that might be one of the future episodes that we do for yeah. sure. Sports and things calling out Drew and Bianca. That's another good okay. one yep. that went through a lot of stuff. So yeah, Al, Paige and Alex is another one. So yeah, uh, let us know. Tag us and let us know in the comments. I know you guys have been in the live chat, but if you don't mind, we're about to end the video. If you could just let us know in the comments so we can go back to them because you can't always go back to the live chat. Let us know in the comments which couple you want us to go through their relationship next. Jensen, anything you want to plug before we sign off? 
Nope. Just please hit the thumbs up button. That really helps us here on YouTube. If you hit that like button, uh, subscribe here at Fightful Overbooked if you haven't already. And we are looking for some potential sponsors for the show. Yes. So if, if you or anybody you know that are watching this would like to get involved with the Grassy Dudes, um, we're open to hearing from uh, pretty much anything, any kind of product, anyone who's got anything that they, uh, they think might be able to be a good fit for the show. Um, just hit up me or SP3. You can hit me up on Twitter at fight talk underscore SP3 at true Hill SP3. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're looking to get some people involved in the show and, uh, we'd love to get some sort of partnership, uh, some sort of partnership with, uh, maybe a company or maybe two or three companies. We'll see like who's out there and who's interested, but, uh, yeah, just throwing that out there. If you guys know anybody who might be interested or if you're interested yourself in getting involved, uh, on the sponsorship side of the show and helping uh, support me and SP3. That's just a way full transparency that we can maybe make a little bit extra money for the time of doing the show. You know, very yes. simple, just a little, a little way to help support our time for going back and watching all these episodes and talking about them all and working on getting some pretty cool guests for the show too and stuff. So um, that's just an easy way to support. And, uh, and I have a tip jar on my Twitter as well. So if you want to send any tips to me and SP3, I will make sure to split them with SP3. So anything you send me, just just make sure you say like it's for Degrassi dudes, and I'll make sure that SP3 gets half of whatever y'all send. So that's another way that you can help support us here on the show um, as well. So that's all I've got. And thank you to everybody who who watched uh, and has been watching all these weeks. Like we yeah. really really appreciate it. It's cool as hell that there's people out there that that care about this show that like me and SP3 are obviously so passionate about. So yeah, and please believe if you want to go on Twitter or any social media and tag us and tag Degrassi as well to let yeah. them know we are, we are doing the job as far as promoting the reboot. We're ready to see it. So at True Hill SP3, you can find me, uh, True Hill Heat YouTube channel, you know, the flagship podcast tomorrow. And yeah, that is all for Degrassi dudes this week. Once again, let us know in the comments down below. You are going to decide which relationship we do next. So let us know in the comments down below what relationship you want us to go through from Degrassi to Next Generation. Until next week, for the Spinner Mason to my Jimmy Brooks, Steven Jensen, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. And this has been Degrassi dudes. Yes. If y'all like wrestling, 1 p.m., Jesse Davin's YouTube channel, G-S-S-I-D-A-V-A-N. I'm going to be talking about AW Revolution. She was there live. So we're doing that today in about an hour. Join us, Jesse Davin's YouTube. I'll have my links up on my uh, Twitter page. See ya.